Happy day, Rosso Garcia with Why Jesus. Why is Jesus important in your life? Or why should he be important in your life? So I decided to share why he is important in my life. And I am doing it through this podcast and um, inviting those that have a testimony of Jesus Christ to share that here on my podcast uh, in English or Spanish. And also, I decided to express that testimony by going over a manual called Come Follow Me that is put out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And you can get that in three ways. One, a physical copy of it through Deseret Books. Or you can download the app for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and do a library search for Come Follow Me and follow along the week that we are working on. And the last way you can find it is through the web at lds.org and also do a library search for Come Follow Me and it will lead you to the current week, whatever we're supposed to be on. Today we are covering the week of September 27th through October 3rd and it covers Doctrine and Covenants sections 109 through 110. It is titled, It is Thy House a place of thy holiness and I'm excited to share this with you the previous podcasts that have been somewhat related to this talked about the importance of the Lord asking his people to build him a temple and clearly this goes back to the days of Moses when um, they left Egypt and they started their journey in the wilderness and um, they carried uh, the tabernacle or the temple was kind of like a moving temple um, and Moses would get instructed from the Lord uh, here and there and he would he came down with the Ten Commandments and found people already turning against him through you know accepting and worshiping of idols, etc. And so it seemed to me that the Lord asking for a temple was multi purposed. Uh, one, he needed to instruct his prophets um, on how to lead the people, and two, he needed to give power and, uh, and strengthen the faith of the people, and he could only do that if he was among them and was able to have a home where he can come and empower them. Um, and he can't do it just physically on the earth. It is too dirty, filthy, and sinful for him to come. So there has to be a temple made and dedicated strictly for him. And so throughout history, we've seen various temples built for him. And so, with no exception, when Joseph Smith restored the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, 
which is the exact same church when Jesus was on the earth. Everything that was currently then when he was here was restored or brought back. Um, he asked them to build him a temple and he, they did not do it and they suffered um, the consequences of their own disobedience because the people in Jackson County persecuted them, kicked them out. They left their lands, their belongings. A lot of them lost their lives to the persecution, etc. And um, and so, you know, God asked again to have them build him a temple. And so this section that we're going to go over is actually they fulfilled building the temple. And we're going to see just some of the powerful things that happen in the temple that are were sacred and miraculous in many ways. And, and to know that this is also happening in these last days among us, that there are many, many a temple being built for him because he wants those to be everywhere in the world so that people can be empowered and be guided um, back to him. And the temple plays a vital um, part in that because they make and keep secret eternal covenants, not earthly covenants, but eternal covenants. And so, or promises, as you want to um, see those. But so, I'm going to start by reading the uh, introduction because they're the best. I love them. So, it is called "It Is Thy House, a Place of Thy Holiness," and it says the doors to the Kirtland Temple weren't supposed to open until eight in the morning on March 27, 1836. But saints who were hoping to attend the dedication services started lining up as early as 7 when the pews and the aisles quickly filled with eager worshipers. Joseph Smith suggested an overflow location. When that filled up, a second session was planned, and it wasn't just the living who were anxious to be present. Multiple witnesses testified that they saw angels inside the temple and even on the roof during and after the dedication it really did seem that the armies of heaven had come to sing and to shout with the latter-day saints why the great excitement on both sides of the veil the promise that the saints would be endowed with power from on high was one reason they had gathered to ohio in the first place and greater things were promised for the future this the Lord declared, is the beginning of the blessings which shall be poured out upon the heads of my people. The era we now live in with accelerated temple work and ordinances available to millions of the living and the dead had its beginnings in Kirtland when the veil or the earth was beginning to burst. And so... Can you imagine being there and witnessing angels being present and seeing visions of them on the roof of the temple and feeling that great spirit? There were more um, miraculous manifestations that um, 
we will have an opportunity to maybe touch on a little bit. But I hope that you have or find time to go through the whole section to see what they were talking about. Um, the topics for this um, week are as follows. The Lord wants to bless me in his holy house. The dedicatory prayer of the Kirtland Temple can teach me about prayer. The Lord can manifest himself to me in the temple. And the last one, the priesthood keys needed to accomplish God's work are in the church today. So awesome sections. I'm going to start with the first one, which is the Lord wants to bless me in his holy house. It says, in some ways, the Kirtland Temple was different from temples we now we know today. There were no altars and no baptismal font and ordinances like baptism for the dead and ceilings had not yet been restored. But the blessings described in section 109, the dedicatory prayer for the Kirtland Temple, are the blessings we received in the Lord's house today. It says, review the following verses to find some of these blessings while reading about them. Ponder why they are important to you and your family. So on verses 5 um, and 12 through 13, uh, it says how in the temple the Lord can manifest himself to us and we can feel his power. So I'm going to read those uh, for you. And so it says here, For thou knowest that we have done this work through great tribulation and out of the power out of poverty we have given of our substance to build a house to thy name that the son of man might have a place to manifest himself to his people that the glory may rest down upon thy thy people and upon this thy house which we now dedicate to thee that it may be sanctified and consecrated to the holy and that thy holy presence may be continually in this house and that all people who shall enter upon the threshold of the Lord's house may feel thy power and feel constrained to acknowledge that thou hast sanctified it and that it is thy house, a place of thy holiness. And so I love those verses. Um, I'm going to read another one on one ten six through 8. It says, let the hearts of your brethren rejoice, and let the hearts of all my people rejoice, who have with their might built this house to my name. For behold, I have accepted this house, and my name shall be here, and I will manifest myself to my people in mercy in this house. Yea, I will appear unto my servants, and speak unto them with mine own voice. If my people will keep my commandments and do not pollute this holy house. So that was the Lord talking about um, that their sacrifice and building the temple was accepted and this will be the place where he will instruct them if they do not pollute it and live the commandments. So that would be an incentive enough for me to go to the temple knowing that I may be strengthened and guided by the Lord himself through the Spirit. And so it says here in the next section, 
in the temple we can take upon ourselves the Lord's name. Um, on verse 9 and 17 to 19, um, it says that your incomings may be in the name of the Lord, that your outgoings may be in the name of the Lord, that all your salutations may be in the name of the Lord, with uplifted hands unto the Most High, that all the incomings of thy people in this house may be in the name of the Lord, that all their outgoings from this house may be in the name of the Lord, and that all their salutations may be in the name of the Lord, with holy hands uplifted to the Most High, that, let's see here, that no combination of wickedness shall have power to rise up and prevail over thy people upon whom thy name shall be put on in this house. O hear, O hear, O hear us, O Lord, and answer these petitions and accept the dedication of this house unto thee, the work of our hands, which we have built unto thy name, and also this church, to put it, to put it, to put upon it thy name, and help us by the power of thy spirit that we may mingle our voices with these bright shining seraphs around the, thy throne with acclamations of praise singing hosanna to god and the lamb and uh, so that this is their prayer part of the de dedicatory prayer that they're asking um of him and then obviously you know he uh, responds in some of those but the other section says and we make an honor temple covenants the lord gives us power to do his work and then as we attend the temple worthily we can receive the lord's protection um, and i can um sincerely tell you that i have um, experience some of these great blessings and the power of God um, as I attend the temple and it's not through great manifestations like they witnessed um, it's just in feeling such a spirit of peace that you will not find anywhere on the earth uh, and just that peace gives you such surety and strength and certainty about where you're at in life and what you are trying to do um, and you certainly go there asking for answers to your prayers on, on things that are important to you and hope to feel of his spirit um, because you are closer to him in that particular home and you hope that you've left all your worries and things of the world behind when you attend the temple so that you can be more open to hearing um, his answers to your prayers. But one that I, I wanted to focus greatly on is that when we attend the temple worthily, we can receive the Lord's protection. I can definitely tell you that I have felt of that protection many a times uh, where I have immediately after something happened, uh, let's say on the road where I just made a lane switch quickly and then realized, you know, holy cow, that was just a accident right before my eyes, literally that just happened, um, where I felt that I had been protected and 
and guided um, just as he promises in the temple. But more often than to me personally, my children were protected in ways that I couldn't have ever protected them because, you know, when they leave our home and our presence, they're on their own and only God can walk with them. And for me to know that my attendance in the temple also bless them uh, physically and spiritually and that I found out later in retrospect and that as I found out the first thing that would come to mind is that the Lord had done that um, as part of the blessings for uh, attending his house and communing with him and I felt such gratitude and humility in knowing that he would honor my simple attendance in his house by protecting my beautiful children. And so when I became aware of those additional blessings and protections upon my family and loved ones, I can only tell you that I was more motivated to continue to go because you and I as parents want to protect our beautiful children and this is the only way I know where I can enlist heavenly power to be with them when I am not and so I can testify to that because I have lived it and so the temple is a very sacred and important place for me and I surely missed it horribly during this pandemic when they were shut um, closed and so I'm going to move on to the next section that says the dedicatory prayer of the Kirtland Temple can teach me about prayer I don't think, honestly, that I have heard a more beautiful prayer from the mouth of a human being than the dedicatory prayer of Joseph Smith on section 109. And I can, he he was a prophet of those days and the people needed to learn um, how to pour out their heart and soul in prayer to God. And that prayer he did on in dedicating the temple at that time was so powerful that I felt of its power and influence on helping me um, wanting to be as sincere as I possibly can when I pray to my father. So it's more like I'm really talking to my father and just pouring out what's in my heart and mind and so I hope that you can go into 
read that prayer because it was beautiful. And I'm just going to say what it says here. Section 109 is a dedicatory prayer that was given to Joseph Smith by revelation. And so it says here, what do you learn about prayer from this section as you read it? You might think about your own prayers. What impressions do you receive that can help improve your communication with Heavenly Father? And I want to say the following. Um, Joseph Smith did not have an education um, uh, like you would think he would when you read that prayer. You would think, oh my gosh, this was a learned man and great with words and wisdom. But you just read this with me. That dedicatory prayer was given to him by revelation. God help him write this prayer down because it was going to be read to the masses that were going to come. And God wanted to teach the masses important things about how to pray. And so I I hope you have a minute to read that and feel that it was truly inspired of God for Joseph Smith to say the things he did say. Um, and so the next section, it says, The Lord can manifest himself to me in the temple. And in this section, it says, How do you feel about the Savior after reading Doctrine and Covenants 110, 1 through 10? And so we're going to read that right now so that you and I can know that. And it says, The veil was taken from our minds, and the eyes of our understanding were opened. We saw the Lord standing upon the breastwork of the pulpit before us, and under his feet was a paved work of pure gold in color like amber. His eyes were as a flame of fire. The hair of his head was white like the pure snow. His countenance shone above the brightness of the sun, and his voice was the sound of the rushing of great waters, even the voice of Jehovah saying, I am the first and the last. I lost my place. Sorry, give me one second. It says here, And his voice was a sound of rushing in great waters, even the voice of Jehovah, saying, I am the first and the last. I am he who liveth, I am he who was slain. I am your advocate with the Father. Behold, your sins are forgiven you. You are clean before me. Therefore, lift up your heads and rejoice. Let the hearts of your brethren rejoice, and let the hearts of my people rejoice, who have with their might built this house to my name. For behold, I have accepted this house, and my name shall be here. And I will manifest myself to my people in mercy in this house. Yea, I will appear unto my servants and speak unto them with mine own voice. Of my people will, will keep my if my people will keep my commandments and do not pollute this holy house. Yea, the hearts of thousands of tens of thousands shall greatly rejoice in consequence of the blessings which shall be poured out, and the endowment with which my servants have been endowed in this house. 
and the fame of this house shall spread to foreign lands, and this is the beginning of the blessings which shall be poured upon the heads of my people, even so. Amen. I love the scripture because where on earth have you heard such an incredible description of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I am going to read that part where it describes him physically. It says, The veil was taken from our minds and the eyes of our understanding were opened. We saw the Lord standing upon the breastwork of the pulpit before us and under his feet was a paved work of pure gold in color like amber. His eyes were as a flame of fire. The hair of his head was white like the pure snow. His countenance shone above the brightness of the sun, and his voice was a sound of the rushing of great waters, even the voice of Jehovah, saying, I am the first and the last. I am he who liveth. I am he who was slain. I am your advocate with the Father. Behold, your sins are forgiven you. You are clean before me. Therefore, lift up your hands and rejoice. Let the hearts of your brethren rejoice, and let the hearts of all my people rejoice, who have with their might built this house to my name. Can you, in your imagination, consider... being before the Lord and being able to describe him physically but more than that being able to describe his presence, his spirit, his power, his love his everything I cannot even imagine what that would have been like but as sure as there is a night and day and that you and I are currently living I know that happened because I have prayed about it asked about it and I feel it every time I read it and so I know it happened and that the Lord lives. He is real. He is ready to forgive our sins and help us and bless us with all the power that he has if we but live the commandments and make and keep sacred covenants with him in the temple. So this whole lesson is very powerful to me because it describes the Lord in a way that only my spirit can feel of its truth. And so I, I hope that you all can experience that when you read it. So let me gain my composure here a little bit. Uh, 
the last section here says the priesthood keys needed to accomplish God's work are in the church today. So it says here to understand the priesthood keys that Moses, Elias, and Elijah committed to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery in the Kirtland Temple, you might read um, a different talk by Elder Quentin L. Cook's message, Prepared to Meet God. Elder Cook described how these keys correspond to the work of the church today. You might also consider learning more about these ancient prophets by studying Moses, Elias, and Elijah in the scriptures. Ponder what you can do to help in the work with these related related uh, to these keys. So I think everyone in the world knows who Moses is. Uh, we can refer back to the Ten Commandments and know that he's the one that freed uh, Israel from Egypt. And uh, and the one that gave us the Ten Commandments and so forth. Elias and Elijah were powerful, powerful prophets that were given keys of the um, to restore certain things onto the earth. And one of those was to be able to do the work of salvation for our disease, uh, deceased uh, family members, and so that was restored these three prophets of old appeared unto joseph smith and oliver cowdery at the kirtland temple and gave them the keys to restore those powers back on the earth and that is why the church continues to do temple work and the temples are so important because um, not only are we uh, giving opportunity to those that have died before us to accept baptism and accept um, the gift of the Holy Ghost and accept uh, marriage in the temples if they so choose that to be something that they want to seal, be sealed to their spouses and their children for time and all eternity. They have the right to accept all of that and just because they died not knowing of it doesn't mean that they should go without so they're in the spirit world currently but in there they are being told hey somebody got baptized for you on earth do you accept that baptism they're being taught the gospel and they can or or have the right to accept or not accept what is being done for them in the temples today and so i know that every soul is precious to Heavenly Father. Every single one will have the same opportunity to uh, hear the gospel, accept the gospel, more than that, accept our Savior Jesus Christ. And if they don't, that they have the chance. And so I am so thankful. Um, the other keys that were restored were at the gathering of the ten tribes of Israel you know, they were scattered everywhere, and uh, in the last days it was predicted that they will be brought together again. And those keys of the priesthood needed to be given, the keys to restore them back and bring them back. Um, and that is happening as well. So um, only those that had the previous authority to do those things are the ones that can give that authority to 
the new prophet of the restoration, Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. And since then, though, they've been handed down to other prophets uh, and passed down to the most current one, which is Russell M. Nelson, the prophet of this dispensation or these last days. And um, I have talked about him before um, and have told you that he's the one that prepared us on how what we were going to do um, before the pandemic hit. Um, and we had been practicing for a year this Come Follow Me manual and how we would be teaching from home and making every home a literal church on Sundays where we can, you know, bless and pass the, the bread and water and have Sunday school and gather with our neighbors, um, et cetera, to do that in our own homes instead of the church buildings. We practice all of that before the pandemic hit and before all the churches were closed. By the time that happened, we had been practicing and could just carry on the same way we had been doing it for over a year. And to me, that speaks volumes of the fact that God was guiding him and guiding his people through his prophet for the days that were coming and that was a sheer testimony that he's a prophet and he is doing God's will and guiding his people. And, and he's not just a prophet for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's a the prophet for the whole world. Um, and know that you can um, look to see what words of wisdom he's giving us, what commandments he's giving us. I just know that when we follow the prophet, you feel more sure about the decisions you are making. I know that with all my heart. And so I hope and pray that this lesson uh, and what I got from it about the importance of the temples and why the temples are so important for, the uh, for God to have a house where he can um, empower us and bring us blessings, but also have us feel of his spirit as we go into those places and even possibly see great miracles um that is definitely something that can happen because he can come there but he cannot come to any other place in the world currently um because it's full of sin and filth and uh he can only come to a dedicatory home that has been built specially for him to instruct and uh, lead and guide his people. And so I hope that you're able to feel um, the power of temples, even if you just drove to a temple and sat there on the temple grounds, you can feel that power and that spirit. And if only you can imagine what how much more you are going to feel when you are in the building it it would it would be enough for you to just want to be there the whole time and to know that you are going to receive blessings not only for you but your loved ones unbelievable and so i hope that i conveyed the love of God and how much he wants to empower you and bless your family through you and not only the, your living family but your your dead relatives as well 
that shows that God is no respecter of persons, that he loves every single one of us. He does not want to lose any one of us, and he wants to bless all of us. And he can only do it in certain ways, and um, the temple is that way where he can do that here on the earth. So with that, I hope that you have a great rest of the day that you are able to feel of God's love for you and your family always is my prayer. And so with that, this is Rosa Garcia with Why Jesus.